Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of Wild. I'm your host, Dr. Adam Rindy. Wild is a feature of the One Thing Podcast where I welcome you into my personal learning lab and share insights on what I am learning daily. So without further ado, welcome to this short episode of Wild, where we're speaking about bloating. Hey everybody, Dr. Adam Rennie speaking to you today about bloat. This is the next episode of Wild. Bloat is one of the most common complaints that I see in practice. And bloating can be something related to digestive health, but it also can be related to other problems, which we'll talk about shortly. When you have bloating, I will first say that it's a very common concern of both men and women. And the reason is, is it's awfully uncomfortable. So there's some basic definitions that we must define. Um, Bloat versus distension. So bloat is usually described as a condition where the abdominal region is expanded uh, anteriorly, mainly from a standpoint of um, being filled with fluid and gas contents. And distension can be just described as any increase in abdominal girth um, or uh, appearance um, that's actually can be measured and it doesn't often isolate to the interior part of the abdomen region. The distension can actually expand out laterally. And so we we must be clear about whether we're talking about bloating or distension when discussing this problem with patients. And these are very different scenarios. Um, So today we're going to speak about bloating. So the most common way bloating is experienced is you wake up in the morning and after your morning bowel movement, if you are fortunate to have a morning bowel movement, you feel basically non, you don't feel bloated. You don't feel uh, a sense of uh, gas or uh, fluid contents in your abdominal region, but as you start your eating process throughout the day, then you will start to feel more and more bloating, um, gas expansion of the the abdominal region. And then we see this very uncomfortable sense that you can have a difficulty time fitting into your, your pants. You might need to unbutton the top snap. You might want to switch into some sweatpants or gym shorts that are expandable. And then this continues into the evening. And during this time, you might experience some distress in the the abdominal region, increased gas, increased gas sounds, 
Um, and it could get to the point where you don't feel like going out and socializing or being intimate because you may feel like you have the appearance of being actually pregnant. Um, some patients will feel like they're seven months pregnant um, after experiencing this this phenomena called bloating. So uh, the next day um, after, again, after making a morning bowel movement um, or just as you wake, this might be resolved and then it starts over as you eat throughout the day. You can imagine this is just a very uncomfortable uh, experience. Um, like I said, it can affect those of us who experience this. It can affect us socially. Um, it can affect our relationships. It can affect our desire to eat. And it just feels out of control. Um, some people call their bloating like a food baby even because it feels just almost like you can't stop it. So why is this happening? Well, in this scenario, it's usually related to the core digestive function in the body um, is, and also the microbiome balance. This is a common phenomena that happens within IBS patients. It happens also with uh, uh, you know, patients who have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, and also just people who have had have poor function of their digestive system. So the aspects of the digestive system I'm speaking about is the chewing and swallowing mechanics might be affected. The stomach acid might be affected. Um, the migrating motor complex, which is involved with intestinal clearing and cleansing of the, the upper intestine between meals might be impacted. And signaling to the pancreas to release uh, digestive enzymes, rush border enzymes might be deficient. And so as food enters the upper intestine, it might not be, be broken down properly and that would bring extra fluids and gas to the upper intestinal region. And then, uh, you know, the bloating starts. So, you know, the, the simple, base, basic, straightforward suggestions for people with bloat often aren't enough, but I'm going to go through them just because it's important that they're not overlooked. So bloating often happens to people who really rush and eat their food fast. And so they're, they're chewing their food um, not completely. Uh, they're swallowing whole, whole foods. Uh, larger bites, and so their digestive system generally has to work a little bit harder, and the breaking down process of foods into fatty acids, amino acids, and carbohydrate uh, substrates is just slower, and that can cause bloating and, and uh, distress. So chewing the food, swallowing, um, you know, slowly and eating the food in a very slow, relaxed manner can really drastically reduce bloat. Also, activating your parasympathetic nervous system by um, 
smelling your food, looking at your food, saying a blessing of your food before you actually eat. Um, that simulates the gastric juices. Um, don't be like I, me sometimes where I'm just, you know, sort of preparing food for, for my son. And then I'll just eat my meal standing while I'm focused on preparing his food. Um, that is just the, the worst thing you can do is just to kind of do like a, what I call a, by the way, I'm eating technique. Um, you really have to create a ritual around eating and, and exactly sit down and eat in a proper manner um, to really help reduce gastric distress. To help with the pH balance and gallbladder release, you might want to have a small amount of room temperature lemon water before you eat and um, just kind of sip on that just real gently before you eat. Not a whole lot, maybe two to four ounces just to kind of wake up the digestive tract, stimulate hydrochloric acid release. And then, you know, have your meal. Um, using culinary spices like rosemary, ginger, um, and thyme, and oregano, these also help with reducing gas and um, the gas contents of your food to help reduce bloating and distress. So cooking with those foods might help with reduction of gas, especially this comes to things like if you're eating like legumes or vegetables, you might want to use sauces that have some of these culinary herbs or dressings that have some of these culinary herbs to reduce the GI distress. Um, the other thing that's really important is to not graze throughout the day and to have three to four hours at least between meals so that you're your body can activate the migrating motor complex, which is uh, activated about three hours between meals, which helps kind of finish off the digestive process from the, the meal that you just ate. If you're eating, or as we say in Yiddish, noshing every one to two hours, then you may have problems with uh, this bloating. So those are some tips. Um, you can check out my other podcast on SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and also candida is some more kind of involved causes of bloating if the basic things aren't working. Um, that involves testing and some investigation and some kind of more advanced treatments. Um, and then there's also just various aids that can help with digestive um, reduction, like a teaspoon of fennel with each meal, fennel seeds. Um, and there's some herbs that we can get into on another time. Uh, the final thing I'd, I'd like to say is that there are some serious causes that can be can mimic bloating. So like ovarian cancer, for example, um, in the later stages is kind of like a lower abdominal bloating that's related to ascites. Um, this doesn't generally come and go. Uh, it's usually just there permanently. Um, it might be a little bit better some days versus others, but it doesn't really have like this come and go kind of uh, scenario that we see with bloating. That that would fit more like a distension, and distension can be from ascites, which is fluid buildup that can be pushing into extra um, compartments of the abdominal cavity, 
that's a very serious um, scenario um, and should be investigated further with your general practitioner. Um, so bloat is different. It can come and go and usually is related to food and bowel function, whereas distension is more of a permanent kind of scenario that doesn't seem to be waxing and waning with, with food items. Some people would go on the low FODMAP diet if they have bloating, which is another topic for another scenario. Um, I usually like to focus on the innate digestive function first. Um, another thing that is investigated is if someone's having food intolerances. As you can see, there are a lot of levels to this. So in summary, first, correct digestive function. Second, if that is not helping, investigate dysbiosis, meaning bacterial overgrowth or fungal overgrowth. Third, uh, you know, potentially look at the food reactions that might be having like a FODMAP intolerance or a food intolerance. So I hope you enjoyed this little segue on bloating and thanks for tuning in to the One Thing Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Wild. If you liked the episode, please feel free to share it with your friends, neighbors, loved ones, anybody who you might think be might be interested in this topic, and tune in for future episodes and also for our future podcast guest. Have a good one. Thank you.